0: this is on the block with Brent Ax
1: Ah!
0: We're on ESPN Radio, 97 points up. 100.1 ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Glad to have you on board today. Perhaps you are listening via your uh, favorite mobile device, and that is a beautiful way to stay in touch. If you uh, download the ESPN app, there's a listen tab there, and you can take us with you wherever you go. Perhaps you are walking the streets of Brooklyn. With no sleep, like all of us who have to stay up till like three in the morning covering this game tonight. Hey, no sleep till Brooklyn, quite literally, in that sense. As Syracuse takes on the Tar Heels, it's all on the line tonight. All the big things that you say and an announcer voice, it's a must win. The NCAA tournament's on the line, but it all really is. Syracuse took care of business last night against Wake Forest, and now the Tar Heels await. They say nine o'clock. That is a bold faced lie. And we all know what that game is not going to tip off till probably 9:30, and that even that might be conservative because there is a game before that, and these things never start on time, and they need certain warm-up time. And by the time we get through all their commercials and their fluff and everything they got to do, it's like 9:35. So I think we know going to be a two cup of coffee night watching this one as the orange are in position to control their own destiny, beat a top-tier team by all measurements, and get themselves a bid, at least we think, in the NCAA tournament. We are going to bring on uh, one of the more accurate bracketologists in the country in about 15 minutes to uh, get his opinion on just that. Syracuse wins in the ring. Is it as simple as that? And where is in? Is that the first four? or Is that the real tournament? Andy Bottoms. Will join us. He is a terrific college basketball analyst. He has a new bracketology coming out daily. He is one of the more accurate bracketologists in the country, according to the Bracket Matrix. Which right now has Syracuse in the first four out category. So we will discuss that later on this hour. We're going to head to Brooklyn. We're going to talk to Joe Giglio. Joe Not to be confused with our other friend, Joe Giglio, who writes for NJ.com and does radio in Philadelphia and New York. No, this Joe Giglio writes for the News and Observer and covers, amongst other things, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Who have lost two games since beating Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. And I think have questionable motivation in this game tonight. If you believe in signs, if you believe in X factors, if you believe in intangibles, Affecting how basketball games go? Well, it's snowing in Brooklyn, and it's not just snowing. It's like a Syracuse-level Nor'easter coming in. So will that affect the fan base that will be there tonight? I don't think so. Carolina fans travel well. Carolina fans are a brand that uh, expands beyond Tobacco Road itself. I think the crowd is going to be pretty evenly split tonight. So it's all a matter on who's louder, but there will be a Carolina presence at this game for sure, but I want to get Joe's take on that. Being in Brooklyn for the tournament, this Tar Heels team. Uh, very sad news from the North Carolina world today. It's it's what a shame that you know this happens and it's it creates quite a story. So right that right here and now, let us say uh, condolences to West Durham of the ACC Network and uh, who's been a guest on this show a number of times and on this radio station. A number of times, his father, Woody Durham, passed away at the age of 76. Woody is the longtime voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels. He is, to North Carolina fans, the voice of several generations. The man that they turned the television down for, turned up his radio broadcast. And, you know, you look at the great broadcasters that have Created bonds with their fan bases, be it on the college level, you know, guys like Vin Scully at baseball and just those voices that are, are steady and there year in and year out. Woody Durham was everything in that sense for Carolina fans. So Syracuse playing North Carolina tonight. West Durham is calling the games for the ACC network. He is going to call the games today. His dad, before he passed, essentially told him, you go to Brooklyn and you do those games. And Wes has said he can think of no better way to honor his father than to be there and call the games. And he'll be on the call tonight for Syracuse, North Carolina, which is on both the ESPN networks and the ACC network. So all the best. Our thoughts and our prayers certainly to a friend of the show, Wes Durham, on the passing of his father. Uh, Truly, and uh, you you throw around this word a lot sometimes, and it kind of loses its value, but I do not hesitate for a moment to call Woody Durham a legend in the broadcast business. So all the best to the Durham family and and all the uh, Carolina fans and the Carolina family on their loss for sure today. So we will talk to Joe Giglio about that and all things Carolina. We'll check in with Seth Goldberg, who's still in Brooklyn. I don't know when he's going to get out of Brooklyn considering, you know, a how far Syracuse goes and b the weather at this point. So we'll see how they're hunkering down there in New York, getting ready for this one tonight. So yeah. It's amazing to me that Syracuse has logged 32 basketball games. They have played over 1,000 minutes of both real and exhibition basketball. They are 20 and 12. They have won nine ACC games, if you include last night. Your NCAA tournament resume pretty much should be decided by now because you've had four months. You have a non-conference ranking, which for Syracuse is by RPI is very good. Strength of schedule is 16. You have a BPI. You have a Ken Palm. You have a quadrant system. It's like we should know by now, here on March the 7th at 4.08 p.m., whether or not Syracuse should be in the NCAA tournament or not. And the thing is, we kind of don't. All the metrics say this. They're in the conversation. They are One of the first four out, they're right on the cut line. And this just comes down to not only metrics and measurements and what the committee does, but there are human beings in that room, which is why, you know, some people were tweeting this at me last night, and I'm sure some of you saw it, and, you know, metrics and analytics are great. But for BPI, for ESPN to just shove their BPI in our face, all ESPN is doing is promoting the BPI. But to say there's now... A 98% chance that Syracuse will make the tournament because they beat Wake Forest? Excuse me, how? How does the BPI measure what eight human beings in a room are gonna do? The answer is it can't. Now it can give you a sense based on algorithms and past decisions and all those metrics and some that I didn't mention. Here's what BPI thinks the committee will do based on that, but this is why we have humans in a room and not computers just spitting things out. Syracuse fans certainly are encouraged to hear that number. I just hope you don't buy into it fully because what is left for Syracuse is that bonafide impact win here to seal the deal, and that is in the form of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Syracuse last night found something it needed to, and that is not only a fourth option, the fourth option became the first option, as Marek Toljai. Just kept attacking the rim, and Wake Forest kept letting him.
2: Marek was tremendous getting into the open spots. Uh, he has been looking to score better uh, over the last part of the year. Here's
0: Frank Howard on Marek going at You know,
2: it. he's a talented kid, so uh, we just want to put him in spots where he can be productive. Um, they, they gave him some open shots in the, in the middle of the night, and uh, he's being aggressive and, and made a lot of plays. And, you know, on the fast break, he uh, he has a high enough IQ, you know, to make the right play. So, you know, uh, we trust him and just got to put him in the right spot. Yeah,
0: how about that drive off the turnover, tosses it up to Pascal Chukwu. Not, not only is he scoring, he's out there looking like a point guard. You're
2: getting that two-on-one situation, I think, uh, you know, you've, you've got to attack it. We had taken the clock down pretty well. Um, uh, you know, with that lead, if you hold the ball and you don't turn it over, um, it's going to get closer. But you're going to win win the game. If he hadn't gone to the basket, they would have had to probably foul. So we had enough uh, margin. In that situation. So while Wake
0: Forest got back into this game. Made it a you know at one point an 18-6 to run. Then a race to 25-9 lead. They had an 11-0 run in the second half. A quick 8-0 spurt that at least made it interesting enough. Late in the game. That it still was a game. To have Marek explode. To have Pascal Chukwu again come to the table with impact plays. 14-9. and Three blocks. Made some good passes out there. A presence inside. Now, the Clemson game, it wasn't necessarily a numbers thing. It was just he had a presence. He was making big plays. He had impact plays, momentum plays. Last night, it was both. He was open for those lob dunks. He's blocking shots again. He's hitting the boards, which in Syracuse's two previous games against Wake, they had been out-rebounded. So you took care of business, and you gave yourself an opportunity where all the cliches come to life. Because if you win this game tonight and you are Syracuse, you've got to feel good about your chances. I want to get an expert opinion on this from a bracketologist standpoint, which we'll do in about 10 minutes here, from Andy Bottoms. But this is why you you can't get lost in a sea of numbers. A lot of this is perception and feel and what you see with your own two eyes. The old look test. And that's the last test that Syracuse has to pass because all the other measurements add up. Now, if they lose tonight and some things break their way and some teams play their way off the bubble, or maybe people in that room just like Syracuse anyway based on a four-month resume, then that's great. This was all for naught. It was just hot air being spewed, which is pretty much 90% of the show anyway. But you understand what I'm saying. But what tonight does is now... If Syracuse doesn't get in, they got snubbed. It creates a us against them type of thing. If Syracuse loses tonight, what you lose in the conversation is leverage because it's enough to be in the conversation, but it's not enough to put your hand down and say, no, we're in. Right? I want this job. I am the best candidate for this job, and here is why. Syracuse doesn't have that right now. They beat North Carolina tonight. They will. Now, I have wondered about this, and Joe Giglio, who's going to join us later this hour, will speak to this. He wrote a great column about this. Roy Williams, you will recall, in the past, has called the ACC tournament a cocktail party. Roy Williams has never hidden the fact that he doesn't care if Carolina wins. Now, he says the right things in terms of if there's a scoreboard and they're keeping track, we want to win the game. But I've always appreciated Roy Williams' approach in that This is not where you want to put all your eggs into a certain basket unless you need to, and Syracuse needs to. So, again, from an intangible standpoint, Syracuse got the night game, which I think is important. They have gained momentum and confidence. They are playing well. They're getting contributions from places they have not consistently gotten them from. They have just played North Carolina recently, and it was really two costly mistakes, three if you add Frank Howard's three-pointer in there that just missed, But it was Pascal getting his pocket picked by Joel Berry, and it was a bad shot by O'Shea Brissett at the end of the first Carolina game. They were in that thing. I understand that was at home and that was here. Brooklyn is not necessarily a neutral court. There will be Carolina fans there tonight, but I think it will be a favorable Syracuse crowd if you're just there watching the game because people will naturally root for the underdog, and Syracuse is very much the underdog. It's snowing in Brooklyn, and every other, you know— feeling or, you know, some kind of karma going Syracuse's way that you want to throw at me. It does kind of feel like that. But there are things Syracuse has to clean up, not only from the first game against Carolina, from last night in a win over Wake, if they're going to make a run at this thing. Because while Carolina has questionable motivation, What they do have is a team that even on 80% speed can drop 90 on you. So we will break on that note. I want to say this before we do. In the blink of an eye, NC State has erased a 75-66 lead. They went on an 11-0 run. Boston College is now up 77-75 with 3.5 to go. So a good one going here at the Barclays Center. We will update you on the game in progress now We'll check in with Seth Goldberg later in the show From Brooklyn, Joe Giglio from Brooklyn In about 20 minutes or so When we come back though One of the most accurate bracketologists in the country Andy Bottoms On the orange, are they in, are they out Does North Carolina insure a bid Who are the teams out there That can affect Syracuse's bid All the bracketology you can handle next Stay right there Oh Brooklyn The those win Florida States, the champions of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Let the celebration begin. No sleep till. The Dupont yeah. levels have won an unprecedented fifth straight Atlantic Coast Conference basketball championship. Coverage of the 2018 ACC Tournament is brought to you by IBEW NECA. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is on the block with
2: Brent Axe. They left when they went to the zone. They left him in open spots, and he converted uh, in the fast break situations. When, when they pressed, he took the ball to the basket, and uh, in the middle of the zone, they didn't guard him in the high post area. He makes he can make that shot. Um, I thought he really played well. He was aggressive. He made some good passes. Uh, but he was uh, very, very good today. He does
0: not come from a land down under. He comes from a land called Slovakia, and Marek Dolzai had the game of his life last night. If he wants to go ahead and do that again tonight against North Carolina, hey, go ahead and knock yourself out, big fella. But I think the Tar Heels, a little bit more of a challenge to do that against than Wake Forest was Last night as the Orange Get Ready for the big one tonight. It's amazing how they can play 32 games over a 1,000 minutes of basketball, both exhibition and real play, build a resume. It's body of work and four months of basketball and RPI and BPI and Ken Palm and all these ratings and everything that goes into it, and it comes down to one basketball game. Some years that's legit. Some years it's not. This happens to be a year where that feels right. I'm not a big fan of you know, clinching bids this way, that conference tournaments are so important because, as Roy Williams once said, these things are cocktail parties. They are fundraisers. They should not hand out automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. That's my big beef with them. But, hey, it counts. If it's on the record and the committee is factoring it in, then you might as well go out and win and all but assure yourself an NCAA tournament bid. I don't think... You can talk in absolutes about a game like this, but I think we're feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good if the Orange win tonight. I know this guy's feeling good. Let's go to the phones here. At 437-7644, Dro and Clay, Dro, what's happening, man? I'm nervous, man. I mean, the deal is this: Arizona State losing over
1: a bubble spot now. They're out. I know who they lost to, but they lost, and all I know is it's not good. I think it was Colorado, right? Yes, yes, it was Colorado, yes. So, you know, you got to worry about Boston College getting in still. you got to worry about Notre Dame if they win tonight. And I think every Circus fan can say this. If Circus wins tonight, and we're going to need Brissette and Chukwu to really clear, clear plant the glass tonight. We need rebounds, not taking four shots, and let's make this a game. If Circus wins tonight, they're, they're going to dance without question. If Circus loses, it's 50-50. Our numbers are good enough. To, to be tournament-worthy, but will there be too many bid thieves to uh, not get us in? That, that's the question. I hope we have some of this 87 Magic left from uh, when we beat North Carolina, which was one of my favorite wins of all time. I was in eighth grade, and that, to me, was a game that was an unbelievable game, in the Elite Eight, when we beat Carolina. I hope we have enough in us tonight to take out the mighty Tar Heels, and if we do... 11 30 tonight, we'll know we'll be dancing. If not, it's going to be a stressful few days. And if you be playing that song again,
0: Brent X, lean on me because we'll need it a lot if we lose tonight. Yeah, it's going to be pretty stressful the next few days because there are some that believe that might be enough. But now it, you were going over those scenarios, Drew. Now you're, you're, you're scoreboard watching and you're counting on other teams to help you along. I think if Syracuse wins tonight, they have made the case to the committee. They have put their hand down on the table firmly and said, We are in. This is the resume you asked for. If someone is going to get left out, it is not Syracuse. And I think they would have a valid criticism there. I think what Syracuse gains is a little leverage in the conversation, which they don't have right now. They've got a good enough resume to be in the conversation. This gives them some leverage over the committee that if they get left out by winning tonight and, say, losing tomorrow, if if that is the case, because I think if they win tonight, win tomorrow. I mean, now we're we're out of first four territory and into – legit NCAA tournament, old-school 64-team territory. If you lose tonight, now you really got to sell it. And Syracuse's luck in that department has gone both ways in recent years. Got a bunch of stuff on the text line that I want to read, 0644. Appreciate you guys uh, filling up the text line there. We will get to those coming up. Let me go back to the phones, though, at 437-7644. Chris in Syracuse wants to chime in. Chris, what's happening, man? How's it going? Good. Uh, and even if circus uh, does
1: win tonight, I mean, who's to say other conferences don't get upset bids? You can't always assume that's going to happen. I mean, that's kind of why you can say today it's a great win, but if some other team, we have to assume that, you know, other teams are going to win games, you have to keep on playing, I guess.
0: Well, beware if the bid-stealers. That's it. You don't, You want chalk to play out. You don't want conferences that are only getting one or two bids, or in some cases, one to have somebody sneak in and take that away. You want chalk to play out. It did last night with Gonzaga and going through the week. You want that to play out with the teams that, that Syracuse is dancing around here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this game, they should able to, I think it's do the same way they did before, just the mental mistakes, like the turnovers a little bit, they should be okay. I think they should be when this came by, I would say four points or something.
0: I think the first game, and I appreciate the call, Chris, I think a lot of that had to do with the dome and while Brooklyn is a smaller arena and there's going to be plenty of Syracuse fans there tonight. It's, it's not quite a home crowd. It's not quite a neutral crowd. It's somewhere in between last night was all Syracuse. You had the crowd. It pushed you along tonight. It's going to go back and forth and Carolina is a team that if they, I mean, Carolina just, they, they average 80 points a game. We know they can score, but all Syracuse has to do is look at the film from a few days ago when Duke frustrated, shut down, and got back into the game. Carolina led that game, but that zone defense, which is the same thing that Syracuse does, and the big thing in that conversation is Theo Pinson. Because Theo Pinson shredded the orange zone the first time around. 23 points, 7 assists, he did all his work in the middle. If you watch that Duke game, and Syracuse, I'm sure, you know, in a short turnaround was watching that film closely. He was not allowed to roam free through there like he was against Syracuse. Now, Duke also has Marvin Bagley Jr. and, and Wendell Carter and you know a few uh, lottery picks hanging in there, which Syracuse does not. So that's the big difference. But Pascal Chukwu doesn't have to have 14-9 tonight, but he has to have a presence, and he has to be smart about fouls. O'Shea Brissett needs to score and crash the boards tonight. Tyus Battle needs to do his Tyus Battle thing. Frank Howard needs to take good shots that are open. Keep up the pet He was a wizard passing the ball last night. Syracuse moved the ball a lot better, and I think you've got to do that against Carolina. I mean, they are, they, they are speaking of wizards, they are just magicians moving the basketball. That's a standard. The thing with Carolina is here's what's standard. They're going to push tempo. They're going to move the ball. They're going to play intense. And they're going to crash the boards. Syracuse got 11 rebounds from its guards last night. I think that was kind of an anomaly in a sense about who you played, and we saw how easily Syracuse, you know, had life there in the middle when Merrick Doljai's, you know, dropping dunks on somebody like it's nobody's business. So there's a lot of things going right for Syracuse, but there's some things they've got to clean up from the first game, and there's some things they certainly have to do differently to win this one tonight. I mentioned now the text line. Appreciate you guys Throwing in some text here. Let's read some at 2880644. That is the on-the-block text line. Brent, do you miss the Big East tournament? I do. I, I really miss the Big East tournament. There's nothing like it. As much as I dislike how much emphasis conference tournament gets sometimes, who doesn't miss the Garden in the Big East? And what this time of the year meant, it certainly doesn't feel the same. It feels intense tonight because of what's on the line, but I, since going to the ACC, that's one of the sacrifices you make. Let's make no bones about the fact here about Syracuse going to the ACC being a mistake. It was not. But with that business decision, and that's what that was, a business decision, comes certain sacrifices. I, I know the ACC is trying to get into the Garden, and I think eventually they'll get their way there, but... The Big East is doing everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen, and the Big Ten slipped in there. And once this thing gets to the garden, at least, you know, you're kind of meeting me halfway on that. Uh, This text says uh, Brent Syracuse almost knocked off Carolina when they played in the Dome. Tonight they've got to finish the deal. If they go on to the third round, anything is possible. That's our boy Stefan texting in at 2880644. Biggest game of the year tonight, Axe Q hoops at a fever pitch. you got to love it. Hope Pat's okay, by the way. Too much pressure isn't good for you. Uh, three or four listeners might be interested, so if you can sneak in a word about the 17-15 win by the women's lacrosse team over Florida this afternoon, you'd make them very happy. Very nice bounce-back win. Nice win by uh, Gary Gates' crew there. Uh, from the text line at 2880644, didn't North Carolina shoot better than normal? When they beat Syracuse, just thinking maybe it won't be as tall of a task as we think. I'd have to look at the percentages there. I know the rebounding percentage was much lower than usual. Carolina, it was 78-74. They average 80 points a game, so they were right at their average. Pinson was huge that night with 23-7. and So, yeah, pretty much right where you would expect them to be. Uh, Matt texted in to say, Unselfish play needs to carry over to provide a big-time energy and easy buckets. Last night, uh, Jake in Syracuse text in to say, Axe just wanted to give a quick shout out to a great local sports team that could use some love and support. Syracuse's own Assault City Roller Derby opens up their 2018 season Friday at OCC at 7 o'clock. The ladies would appreciate a shout out to your listeners and thanks for supporting local athletes. All right, Friday night, baby. Go watch some roller derby. I'm going to have to go check that out sometime. the been meaning to do that. That's That's intense stuff. If you've seen how those ladies go out there and, oh, that's, you can get, they can get into it. So uh, best of luck to them on a new season that starts Friday night, 7 o'clock at OCC. Tonight at 9 o'clock is a lie, people. This game isn't tipping off till 9.30, and you and I both know that. The Orange and Carolina, will continue to discuss that more next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there.